to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got all the gentlemen with me on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Guys, you want to say hi? How's it going, Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director? Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. And Rob Spikestra, Pastor of Discipleship. All right, well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Thank you for sharing. Um, man, it's just such a blessing to hear from you and to get emails from you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, today, I want to talk about something that I'm seeing more and more in our culture. I think uh, I know I have said it before in my own life, and that is something to the effect of all sins being equal. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I'm bringing it up now, I know when I was a younger pastor and I'm trying to communicate the gospel, one of the things I'm saying is, hey, we're all sinners and all sins are equal before God. And right. what we mean when we say that is, all sins are sins and therefore worthy of condemnation and the righteous wrath of God. And yeah. any sin can condemn you to hell. Um, but I'm seeing it used more and more in our culture to communicate that all sins are equally bad. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the most recent one was. Um, someone talking about the, the sin of homosexuality and, and homosexual desires. And he was communicating, he was a pastor, and he was communicating that, hey, having homosexual desires or homosexual lust is no different than just regular lust. All sins are equal. All sins are equal. And I pushed back on him and said, no, man, that's, that's actually not true. All sins are not totally equal. Mm -hmm. And I, um, and then he, he pushed back and what are you talking about? You know, yes, they are. Um, and, and this, and most people don't know that this question has already been answered in the Westminster Confession, <laughs> but many people don't know the Westminster Confession. Even many pastors don't know the Westminster Confession. And so they're kind of continuing to propagate this idea that all sins are equal, right? So how would you guys respond? Like, what, what are your thoughts? Are lustful thoughts lustful thoughts? doesn't matter if they're homosexual or heterosexual. It's just the same thing. Are those, are those, are those sins equal or is there something not equal about those sins? Yeah, I would... I, I, I understand the sentiment because, um, um, you know, I, I think particularly as a pastor, in your, when you're in the context of preaching, you're typically preaching to people who perhaps, and I, that's, this is perhaps not involved in what we may, what we're going to probably argue about is maybe worse for sins because we don't want, we don't want folks to think that somehow, oh yeah, you can, you can gossip. That's all right. You know, that's not that big of a deal. We're only talking about the really bad sins. So, so no, we want to make sure that everyone recognizes that um, even in this case, what you're talking about lusting, which is something that uh, I think every man or woman uh, has in some context of some object that they lust for that, um, we want them to recognize that that is that that is a sin as bad as homosexuality, the lusting after in uh, another same sex. Um, so I, I 
I get what the guy was saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, say, yeah, that makes sense. I, I want, don't want anybody off the hook, right? And yet, I think as we begin to think through, if we just think just you know, a little bit through the consequences, we begin to see differences in terms of, you know, the differences. Before even looking at the Westminster Catechism today, I was already, yeah, Catechism here, I was, I was thinking about, yeah, consequences. That would be the way I would differentiate between between them, that there's greater consequences for certain sins than, than some sins. So that would be my first go-to, yeah. although I think the catechism gives us a little bit more to work with. But yeah. What about you boys? Mm. I mean, I, I like the, the way Rob was putting it. When you look at it, it's what is the consequences of the sin? As you said before, you know, a lot of times, you know, sin is sin. And when you, when you preach and certain things like that, you're not going into all the details, but you're saying in a, in a broad statement in the sense of, like, you are falling short of the glory of God. So, like, when you, when you look at it that way, that's until you get into the details of what actually happened, like, I would agree with that. So, when I think about this, where, where my mind immediately goes is and correct me if I'm wrong, all sin is equally offensive before a just and holy God, right? Mm-hmm. All sin carries with it basically a death penalty. And so that those are kind of the terms that I generally think through sin, whether it feels bigger or, or air quote smaller, mm-hmm. you know? So like gossip might feel like, oh, you know, you just, just tail bearing, right? But the consequence before God is the same. And so that's kind of how I typically look at it. So I'm actually really interested to hear where we go with this. Well, it's interesting what you just brought up there, too, which with regards to when we sin against God, who is infinite, mm-hmm. um, who is infinitely holy. I can think, think we can put it that way. That you can't want, you know, how far is a small sin to this great holy God in comparison to a large sin? Well, it's infinitely a, mm-hmm. a, an offense, if you yeah. will. But... When we begin to think about it in terms of our context of one another and the one another's, or mm-hmm. then you begin to think about, okay, you know, who am I? Who have I sinned against? Then you begin to see differences between certain sins and other sins. Yeah. If you're looking from maybe maybe a more horizontal level, and it, so and it just you, gets really deep too, because you got people too. They're like, well, I have you know thoughts about same sex, but I didn't act on it. Is that sinful? You know, so like I'm, I'm really interested where we're gonna go um, with this today because a lot of people have those, like I, I have those thoughts. I would like, I, I would like to do those things, but I'm trying to resist the flesh because mm-hmm. I know it's wrong. So what does that look like? Right. Right. Okay. So, so far, what I'm hearing you guys say is that sins are equally damnable before God, mm-hmm. but there's unequal consequences to sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to push back. I'm going to say I agree with you and say that. But I, there are sins that are more heinous than others mm-hmm. by their nature. Not just by their consequence, hmm. by their nature. Okay? So, would you, hmm. you guys, would you hire a pastor who confessed to you that he struggles with lust? Yes, I would hire a pastor that struggles with okay, lust. Hopefully yeah. you'd ask some more questions to him. Before <laughs> yeah, you just said yes, right. Would you hire a pastor who struggles with homosexual lust? <laughs> you got to say yeah, Rob. Well, <laughs> it's lust. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I just, yeah, I just, that just doesn't sound right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. 
<laughs> well, you stopped it. What about you guys? Of course, I would ask more questions. <laughs> I would ask more questions. No. All right. <clears throat> so, so, so you're saying you're saying that you would. So Rob, 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 in his gut, yeah. you know, Rob had a guttural reaction. Yes, that right. Something that said no, I wouldn't. Okay, I'm going to commend that, but we're going to work it out, and we're going to keep working it out. So, what? You two? Yeah, I mean, same. I think same stream as Rob. It wasn't until you asked, I'm like, huh? Because I had the same gut reaction mm-hmm. okay my next step so i think most most pastors today i think would say yes i would hire a guy who had who struggles with homosexual lust now they're probably going to ask questions and are you acting on it and all this kind of stuff here's what i'm hearing in the culture i'm hearing from the church in the culture now mm-hmm. that people they're hiring people that are calling themselves gay christians or mm-hmm. gay pastors what he means is he is he has a sexual desire that's oriented towards males, but he's a celibate. Okay, mm-hmm. okay? I see. Mm-hmm. And I would say no, that's a sin. You can't call yourself a gay Christian. Okay, you don't define you don't define yourself by your desires or your temptations. So I've never heard anybody called you know call themselves a, a thieving Christian mm-hmm. because they have a desire to steal, mm. right? Or a drunk Christian. No, you can't you can't do that. So I wouldn't hire a drunk pastor. I wouldn't hire a, a pastor who calls himself a gay pastor or whatever. Now, mm. but most people would. And this pastor, this Acts 29 pastor that I was talking to, he would. And he, he would say a homo- homosexual lust is no different than... Mm. than uh, heterosexual heter- lust. Than heterosexual lust. Hmm. He said it's no different. And I said, okay, and I, this is what I did. I took it one step further. What about a pastor who lusts after children? That's... What about a pastor who lusts after animals? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's, oh my gosh, he just erupted. That's mm. ridiculous. Nobody, everybody knows that those things are not equal. And I, and I was like, whoa, wait, hold on. It's huh. not true. H- hold on. Like, everybody knows those things are unequal. You're the one who told me all sins are equal. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and you just erupted about pedophilia and bestiality. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and first off, everyone doesn't agree with that. There are... Thousands of people in our country today on the LGBTQ plus that believe child uh, pedophilia is permissible. Mm. Okay, Ugh. and, it, and it, it's dark and depraved and demonic. And, and there's people that would argue sex with animals, and they, they, people have had sex with animals. Who knows how long since the fall? Okay, this is why it's condemned in the Bible. Right. Because people are so depraved and perverted, they actually do it. So would you not hire him anyway if he if he just didn't say he had a lust issue? My, but but then on. he's a liar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he has less issue, yeah, yeah. He does, yeah, then he'd be a liar. Because it's like he's, on, he's publicly, you're, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going back here. So, <laughs> intrinsically, Rob had a, oh, I don't mm-hmm. think so with, with, with homosexual lust, mm-hmm. right? And then everybody did when we talked about pedophilia and we talked to BCI. Yeah, right, right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, somewhere in our gut, we know all sins are not equal, mm-hmm. right? Right. All right. But pastors are preaching that mm. all sins are equal. Okay, now I'm I'm going to to go why I believe all sins are not equal, and primarily, Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans one, says homosexuality is not just a sin against God; mm-hmm. it's also against nature. Mm. It's also contrary to nature. Mm-hmm. So. 
it goes against the way God built the world. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a sin. So it's a sin against nature. So if if a young man is lusting after his girlfriend, right? That is a sin, but it's in line with nature, the way God. God created a male and a female to be attracted to one another and to desire sexual intimacy with one another. Because back then they were getting married at whenever they had their period or whatever. Whenever you can. Whenever you get married, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But it's a sin, but it's a sin in line with nature. Okay? If a young man lusts after another young man, that's a sin against God and it's contrary to nature. It goes against the way that God built him. God designed him. Okay? So question. Mm-hmm. As, I'm, as I'm hearing this, and I, I think I agree, um, but all sin is contrary to nature. Isn't that correct? So is this... No. No? No. Because lust is still an inordinate desire, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're it's, not, not, it's in line with nature, though. God gave us the desire for sexual intimacy. Okay. It's just, that's just a disordered love. Okay. So it's not, mm. it's um, structurally good. Mm. It's directionally sure. bad. Okay. Okay? okay. So the desire in itself is good. Mm-hmm. It's just an over desire, right? Sure. So sure. the desire to be sexual with a child is is not just inordinate, mm-hmm. right? It is demonic. Right. It's contrary to nature. Yes. Right? So that's one of the reasons it makes it mm-hmm. worse. Okay. It's a worse sin, right? We also realize that there's... We also... We know that there's some sins are worse than others because we punish them differently. Right. Some things get the death penalty and some things get a, a fine, mm-hmm. right? So we can recognize that as well. So... <clears throat> I'm bringing this up for two reasons. Number one, because I think many pastors and preachers and Christians have, they, they didn't want homosexuals or people that have a homosexual desire, they didn't want them to feel like the scourge of the earth or like the worst of the worst. And so they wanted them to know like, hey, you can find redemption in Christ. Because mm-hmm. listen, the blood of Jesus covers homosexual sins mm-hmm. just as well as it covers heterosexual sins, yeah. right? But we have to be able to name what it is. And we have to be able to, to speak biblically and truthfully about it. Sure. And it's, it is a greater sin. <laughs> it is a greater sin. And that's why, okay, think about this. With Sodom and Gomorrah, right? It was a great sin. There was a lot of male sex going on there. Mm-hmm. And, and God's punishment was severe. Mm. It yep. was very severe, right? It literally rained down sulfur from heaven. Right, he he didn't do that just because people were uh, fornicating. Right, right? Forn- is fornication a sin? Yes, mm-hmm. but it's it's in line with God's desire, God's nature mm-hmm. of build of, of a man and a woman coming together. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just out of the 
out of the bounds of it. Yeah, just just for a correction for you in terms of you said it, Paul wrote this in First Corinthians. You were talking about Romans one. I was just reading it here. Is this the passage you're referring to? Romans one. For this reason, God gave them up. This is verse twenty six. Up to dishonorable passions for their women, exchange natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Yes. Okay, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. So that's yeah. the, that's what you're referring to. Okay, yeah. Was yeah. That Romans you, one? yeah, it's Romans one. What you, did I say? You said First Corinthians. I or Corinthians did. one, or Corinthians one, I think is something how you said what it. So heck, I was looking for it. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, a long week. Yeah, I was like, well, in my head, I said Romans one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah Romans one. That's okay. Done. Got it. Um, contrary to nature. Yeah. Contrary to nature. Okay. So. So was this pastor? So was this pastor talking about sin towards God, or sin towards the area that you're living in? Because different areas in different states, there's. You could be sinning, right? You could sin here in Iowa by smoking weed because it's not legal. But you go across the river, it's legal. Mm-hmm. So is that what is is that no, like the pieces that, that he? Okay, okay. That has nothing okay. to do with it. No. Mm. Um, so you, it doesn't matter if it's legal, if homosexuality is legal. That's not what determines if it's a sin or not. Mm. It's a, it's against one. It's against scripture, right? God's revealed will, will, and it's also contrary to nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you had brought up, uh, so one of the examples you brought up, and I'm just kind of thinking this through a little bit about, so, so we would have to kind of identify those things that are against nature's kind of the bottom line, I think is what you're saying. Is that, would that mm-hmm. be fair? So you had brought up, if, if a man, if a man said, I want to, I, I'm, I want to be your pastor, um, and um, I, I have a tendency towards drunkenness, However, I'm, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. Are we saying because that alcohol is not per se against nature, mm-hmm. we would say, okay, I, I get it. Thank you. Appreciate you being honest. You know, we'll keep, you, we'll keep our eye on you, you know, yeah. <laughs> keep you accountable. Is that what you're saying? Is that how we would kind of want to yeah. tease this out a little bit yes. as it comes forward? Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's a great example because God tells us specifically that he has given wine to mm-hmm. gladden the heart of man. Yeah. Therefore, wine is structurally good, Mm -hmm. and it can be used directionally bad. Mm -hmm. So you can use it. You can use it in worship. Obviously, we drink wine in worship, right? Mm -hmm. We use it in the Lord's Supper. You can do it uh, to 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 gladden the heart of man, or you can do it in drunkenness, and that is using it bad. Homosexual desire is structurally bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Therefore, it cannot be used directionally good in any way. Right. Now, why do we need to know that? Because the, the culture is saying things like, oh, love is love. And, mm-hmm. you know, what if it's a monogam- monogamous, homosexual, mm-hmm. holy relationship? Right. Wrong. Structurally bad. It cannot be. There's no way that homosexual relationship can glorify God. Right. right. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that, um, so you had a pushback on, would you hire a pastor that had homosexual desires? And you said, no. I would definitely ask questions and tease it out and, and see what, what's going on there. Okay. Okay. So if I had a, if I had a pastor who said, um, I feel called to celibacy, I feel called to the single life, I've never really been attracted to females, and, you know, he's a little, you know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's called to singlehood, Okay. I might hire that guy, right? Right. But if I have a guy who, who would tell me specifically, like, I am physically attracted 
to to men, mm-hmm. and I have to constantly fight this and 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 then I said, you know, are you getting? Do you do you want to get married? No, no, no. I'm you know I'm a gay pat, and I'm like, no, I would not hire that guy. Mm-hmm. But but if if a guy had homosexual proclivities or what do you want to call it, desires. Mm-hmm. And he confessed that, and he's turning from that, he's repenting that, and he's pursuing uh, a woman to, to fulfill those sexual desires in a God-honoring way and to, to raise children. I would hire that guy. Mm-hmm. I would hire mm-hmm. Because he's just acknowledging his temptation, and he's living out God's reality. Mm-hmm. He's living in line with God's, with, with his nature. With, yeah. Right? He's yeah, living with God's in, nature, He's sure. living in line with his nature. Mm-hmm. Right? So you wouldn't call both of those guys... With no self control and not being above approach, so that would automatically disqualify them, right? How are they not showing self control? If they're acting on it, of course, they they're not sh- showing self control. Right. I right. did not. I okay. didn't. I never said that. I never. Okay. If anybody's acting on it, heck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like disqualified immediately. Right. Right. We're talking about desires here, mm-hmm. right? But this is the idea that I want to get into our head, L- like. Heterosexual lust, though worthy of condemnation before God, is not equal. It is more heinous to desire the, the same sex, to lust after the same sex. It's more heinous to do that. Okay? They're not equal in that sense. Right, right. We need to, we need to uh, talk about that, right? And it, we, need, we need to... Our culture is trying to get us uh, yeah. to accept... Right. The reality, that's a false reality, that homosexual re- relationships are equally virtuous as mm. heterosexual reality, or mm-hmm. heterosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. They, I'm going to just say this. 50 years ago, when you heard anything about homosexuality, most people had a gag reflex. We need to recover the gag reflex. Mm-hmm. right? And you can see how this is, I mean... As we're thinking about within the context of the church, you can see how how easily it becomes where we do get to this place where we think, ah, it's, you know, we, again, you didn't mention it earlier, we desire that all come to faith in Christ, and we don't want to, in a sense, push away those who were, in this case we're talking about, have a same-sex attraction, we don't want to push them away, and so we try to minimize mm-hmm. certain sins that have become somewhat raised to a virtuous level in our culture Mm -hmm. and so we want to so what we're trying to do is we you know while it's being raised we're trying to minimize the differences so that we will be they'll be feel warmly welcomed but in so doing what we seem to be doing is we're also beginning to minimize Mm -hmm. the heinousness of certain sin in such a way that says ah you know your sin is your, your gossip or I don't know your, your yeah. you know your gossip is is this my 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 tendency towards uh, same sex attraction is is no no worse than your you know yeah. gossip yeah. and and so yeah I can see how I can see how we're slowly getting pulled into and, this and when we do that we are um, short circuiting one of God's um, realities that He built into the world namely shame. Mm-hmm. When homosexual desire and actions are meant to be shameful. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be shunned by society because they, they do damage society. They're meant to be gross because they are 
they are gross, specifically men with men is disgusting. We're not going to talk about it. Um, and it's meant to be shameful in the sense that it causes you to reach out for grace, yeah, right? right? Like there's a, there's meant to be a stigma to it. There's right. meant to be, right. I know that I am depraved, that mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mm-hmm. I have to pursue mm. grace. Yeah. I have to pursue, pursue salvation. I have to pursue Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. And obviously, why do we want to make it, uh, you know, we think, oh, I don't want these people to feel ashamed, you know? And it's like, well, it's Why a shameful not? thing. Yeah. Like, they yeah. should. Yeah. We should. If you're a, when a thief steals, they should feel ashamed, mm-hmm. right? So, hmm. um, yeah, so, so, so they're, not, they're not equal. Now, let me tease this out a little bit, and you guys are, are probably going to know. We also know all sins are not equal because of the sin against the Holy Ghost, mm. right? Sure. Yep. What's that sin, Rob? Well, it's a sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is basically to reject the Spirit's conviction of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as a means of, of salvation. What happens if you do that? What does the Scripture the say? The Scripture says it, it is you're condemned forever. You're, it's, it's, you go to hell. I mean, that's that's the, it says the, the it's death. An unforgivable. Oh, sin. sure. Yeah, unforgivable. Yeah. Unforgivable. Yeah. Okay. If all sins are equal, then how is that one unforgivable? unforgivable. Right. Right. Unsin- all sins are not equal. They're not equal. If you sin against the Holy Spirit, you cannot be reject like Paul, like like Rob said. You reject the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus, and then there is no forgiveness for you. So, right. what do you say about the atheist that becomes Christian? I say praise God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying because he rejected or she rejected, and then now it's come. To well, faith. the whole the whole intent of the even Jesus giving us and helping us to understand that there is this unforgivable sin, and that is that you reject the Holy Spirit. The intent of that. Giving that is that it would it would cause the atheist to step back and go whoa whoa, whoa wait what you know it, it should bring conviction mm-hmm. the intent or hope is that it will actually bring conviction that says I, I better rethink this yeah. mm-hmm. I, but the it, atheist that becomes a Christian did not commit the unforgivable sin no right, right. because he's converted <laughs> right he believes you know right so this is a, a this this would be a more you know more than likely a hardened disposition against Christ mm-hmm. I mean I think we see it. Potentially, we see it in Judas, right? Mm-hmm. What, what Judas refused to repent. Instead, he went and killed himself. I think you, pro- you might even see it in Ananias and Sapphira because mm-hmm. they lie to the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're killed in, immediately in, in, in Acts. Um, so again, all sins are not equal, right? So we need to be more careful how we speak. Mm-hmm. So here's what the, the Westminster Confession says about it, the larger catechism. Question 150, are all transgressions of the law of God equally heinous in themselves and in the sight of God? So in themselves, that's their essence, Mm -hmm. okay? And in the sight of God. Here's the answer. All transgressions of the law of God are not equally heinous, but some sins in themselves, so in their essence, Mm -hmm. And by reason of several aggravations are more heinous in the sight of God than others. Okay, so Westminster Confession says, no, all sins are not equally heinous. Some sins, not just in their consequences, not just in their societal ramifications, Mm -hmm. but in their essence, they are more heinous in the sight of God than others. All right, so let's 
check out some scriptures on that, right? Here's what um, the book of John, chapter 19, 11. Listen, this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater Greater sin. sin. Talking about Judas. Jesus, yep. Jesus talking about Judas, right? Mm -hmm. He who who, uh, delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Jesus is standing before Pilate here about to be judged. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, right? Yeah, you're you're guilty of your sin, but Judas' sin was even greater. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. We could ask greater in what way, but still we're seeing it's not equal. You can't see one sin was greater than the other if all sins are equal. Right? Mm -hmm. Did you have 1 John 5, 16? Yes. If any man, sorry, this is King James Version. Oh. Um, hmm. If any man sees his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Hmm. All right. Most likely they're referencing uh, blaspheming against the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit yep. He says some sins lead to death, other sins don't lead to death. This sin does lead to death. If a guy commits it, don't even pray for him. Right? That's what he's saying. Yeah. So again, showing that there's distinction among sins. There are some sins worse than others. Hmm. <clears throat> um, in the, there's a lot, a lot of different places uh, that we could point to as well. So... Let's go to question 151. What are those aggravations that make some sins more heinous than the others? And they have four quest- or four, four reasons here, and they're pretty intense. They're pretty extensive. So I'm just gonna, and there's about, I don't even know, 30 scriptures attached to it, it looks like. <laughs> yep. And obviously we don't have time to go into all that. Um Right away, here's one. From the person's offending, what makes some, some sins worse than others? From the person's offending, if they be of riper age. So if, let's just say this. If you, if you know better, your sin is worse than a child's sin. Yeah. Right? Yep. I'm the ripest here, by the way. I just want to say <laughs> I'm the ripest. Yeah. So you've got the most heinous <laughs> sin. Right? Yeah. Yep. Greater experience or grace. So again... So for a pastor or for somebody who's been a Christian for a long time, some of their sins are more, more heinous mm-hmm. than somebody who's been a Christian. And we know this, right? Mm. Somebody who just gets saved, mm. do we expect per- perfection out of them right no, away? No, no, I mean, we don't expect not. perfection out of anybody, but we expect more out of a seasoned mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. than we would a person who's been saved. Yep. Right? Uh, eminent for profession, gifts, place, office, guides to others, and whose example is likely to be followed by others. Hmm. So the sin of leaders yeah. is worse yeah. than the sin of followers. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Right? Because, I mean, some of it is the effect, right? But it's also their position and status mm-hmm. uh, by God, right? Pastors are going to be judged with a greater strictness. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> awful. Just <laughs> awful. Uh, but... What does that say? That's like that's that's saying yeah. that you know there's they're not equal standards. You know, I think this is important. To, I'm glad we're bringing this up because I do think it's important. We 
our natural tendency is to minimize our sin, particularly our favorite sins, right? And so there seems to be here saying, this is serious. This is, and we have, we live in a culture that has so reduced sin to being, eh, not that big of a deal. Um, Generally, as our culture, um, we don't even talk about sin in our culture. And then within the church itself seems to be also kind of minimizing some of these things. And boy, you start reading this, this is kind of a wake up call. Yeah. And then, um, some sins are more more heinous than others because of the parties offended. So he says it, they say if immediately against God. So again, we already saw that if you mm-hmm. if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's an unforgivable sin, mm-hmm. right? Because you're God is the only source of salvation. And so if you're if you're cursing Him and blaspheming Him and you don't want anything to do with Him, then there's no hope for you. Mm-hmm. There's no way you could possibly be saved. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, he meets, he meets, he admit, you know, against Christ and His grace, and then the Holy Spirit. Just the one you were talking about. So, looking at the, the Trinity itself. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to go in. Man, there's so many big ones here. But from the nature and quality of the offense, mm. if it be against the express letter of the law, break many commandments contain in it many sins so you know there's you can do things that you're breaking more than one commandment at the same time mm-hmm. right right if not only conceived in the heart but breaks forth in words and actions so again l- lust in the heart is condemnable before god but it is not as bad as fornication yeah like it's not as bad as adultery mm-hmm. we should know that right yeah if, if you ask your spouse would you rather me I mean, she she would rather you do neither of these, right? Right. But if you would, if you would, you rather me lust in my heart or have an affair? They're going to say lust in your heart, right? Why? One is more heinous than the other. Mm -hmm. They're both sins before God, but one is more heinous than than the others, right? And one um, is going to have probably greater consequences as well. Against the light of nature, you see that? Yep. Light of nature. That's what we were talking about. So if you if if a sin goes against nature, it's more heinous. <clears throat> Man, there's so many of them here. I don't want to read them all, but boastingly. So if you if you do a sin and you brag about it and you that's more heinous, hmm. right? Done deliberately, willfully, presumptuously, impudently, boastingly, maliciously, frequently, obstinately, with delight, yeah. continuance or relapsing after repentance. Hmm. So all of those things, you know, if you, so if, if you just give yourself over to sin, that's more heinous. Yeah. If you do it co- constantly, it's mm-hmm. more, it's more heinous. And I'll just kind of put a little emphasis on this just so you, we're reading this, but again, we're not reading the scriptures at all this. So these oh, aren't just coming out of the heads of the Westminster divines. These are coming out of scripture. So every one of these has scripture that yeah. they're referring to. So yeah. it's, it's direct, scriptural. Yeah. Direct, scri- direct scripture that they're, they're referring to. Yeah. Okay. So. Are all sins equal? No, hmm. they're not. They're all equally condemnable before God, but they're not equally heinous. Hmm. Some sins are worse than others, and we need to uh, recover that biblical mm-hmm. vernacular. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, That's the way the Bible describes it. And so, any other, any closing thoughts? Any anything as we're closing it down here no I don't uh, again I'll just go back and and say it's I, I think the 
the importance of this is, and it was something you referred to earlier, which is the shame that needs is needful. And again, we live in a culture that is so much against, we don't want people to feel shameful. We don't, you know, shame is a, is a bad word in our culture and it's becoming a bad word in the church. And it's, but then you pointed out, it's the very thing that God uses to help us to, to recognize what is wrong with us and to, to turn from it, to confess. Yeah, there's a healthy shame. So yes. There's a God yes. honoring healthy shame that you could call it even a grace. Yeah. One, it's a grace because it causes me to, to fall to my knees and cry out for mm-hmm. grace. Right. right? Yeah. Secondly, shame restrains evil. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if there's, an, if, if there's a, a stigma on a certain sin, people are going to be less prone mm-hmm. to participate in that sin, right? They don't want to feel shame. Right. So I'm not going to do that. That would be shameful. I would be ashamed of myself, right? So shame actually restrains evil out in society. Mm -hmm. So it's meant to be used in a a healthy way. So we should feel ashamed for for acting acting certain ways, right? And so we should not try to remove the shame of people without the gospel. The gospel is the one that removes the shame, and it doesn't remove the shame so that we can keep on sinning. Right. Like, this is what's driving me crazy is the, the pastors and the Christians who are saying things like, hey, we're all sinners, and so just come on over here, and you can be gay in our church, and we'll just turn and look the other way, and we don't want you to feel ashamed for anything, and yeah, you can have children, and you can serve in the kids' ministry and all that, and it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, no, these people should feel ashamed and seek God and turn from their sins and repentance. You should not be making a culture that makes it less difficult to sin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like you want to you want a culture with high standards that make sin shameful. Right. Yeah. I think it's a sad part is too is that there's so many pastors that are allowing that where they're actually leading people and then the people are accepting it and then when they see commercials and all these different things they don't they have no shame. You know, it's just another thing that they're watching. It's, hey, just be praying for them, you know. Like, no, like, they should feel the shame. They should continue to um, seek after God, and the pastor should step up and call that out mm-hmm. in a loving way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just end with this. So this week I saw a big, there's a, a, a clip that went viral on tw- Twitter from Andy Stanley. And Andy Stanley is a uh, megachurch pastor down in Atlanta, and he's been slowly sliding, maybe not slowly, he's been sliding into liberalism for about a decade, at least about a decade, uh, because he has a desire to reach the lost. He has a genuine desire to reach the lost. And so mm. he um, is capitulating on many different things in culture. And lately, this last clip was shaming the Christians in his church, um, saying, there's homosexuals that come to this church, they're in, they're in a loving, monogamous relationship, and they come to this church, even though they know that we don't uh, fully agree with it, and, and, and you know, I don't think he used the word sin, but they still come anyways. And this is what he said. He said, these gay couples that are coming to this church have more faith than most Christians. Because how many times do you go to places where you know that you're not going to be, that, you're, that they don't agree with your beliefs? Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to shake him and just throw him off that stage. Mm-hmm. 
absolutely ridiculous. They are living in sin against God, yeah. right? They're literally saying to God, we don't care what you say. We're going to live the way that we live. And then to say to a Christian that this person has more faith mm. than, the, than the Christians here, That's because the, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. He's, he's, he's off the reservation. So are a lot of these pastors getting it twisted that every man and woman that is made in the image of Christ, we should, we should love because they're created in the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Are they are they getting that piece mixed up with sin and attaching it? Well, I don't know. There's there would say probably that you can't you can't say that somebody is um, sinful and depraved and broken and love them. So they think. Oh, the, here's the here's the statement. If you say something's a sin, they're just gonna they're never gonna come back. <laughs> so how are you ever gonna reach them? And I would say, well, that's not my job. That's yep. God's job to bring conviction, right? But they're going to your church, and they're basically hearing that all the Christians here need to repent, and they're actually righteous. So they feel like they have to save them. Somehow they're righteous. Yeah. Mm. God's good at his job. He can, he can do his job. So there's a lots of ways that this goes wrong. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you lose the gospel. I think you, yeah, yeah. Hmm. you, you eventually lose the gospel, hmm. mm. right? Yep. All right. So, are all sins equal? No, they're not. I know this is probably going to bring up some questions. So if you've got questions, you can email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you guys. We're praying for you. We're thankful for you. God bless. God bless.